Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Well, it's not really Tara. Uh, Tara's been replaced this week with an alternate version of Tara. <laughs> Greetings, citizens. <laughs> Greetings, citizens. Um, I won't get too much into it, even though most of you probably know the, the twist of the step for Waves, but uh, that's what we're talking about today. This is actually the start of our 70s month, 70s month 2, in fact, because we actually did like a big 70s month back in like April. We had probably double episodes that month. This month's not going to be quite that big. We're just doing like one extra, so there's going to be five episodes this month. All movies from the 70s, and we're kicking off with the Stepford Waves. So, uh, as always, we'll start spoiler-free. Uh, and I should probably mention, this is a science fiction movie podcast. I just kind of went into the other stuff first. Uh, but yeah, we get together, we talk about a sci-fi movie that we watched. And this was a first-time watch for both of us, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so we'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we get into the spoilers, and we'll get go from there. Uh, so this came out in 1975, not to be confused with the 2004 remake, which I think is more of a comedy starring Nicole Kidman. Um, back when Nicole Kidman was... I mean, this video, she's been like a mainstream star consistently for like 25 years at this point. Um, <laughs> this is post Batman Forever, but pre Australia. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to those. T- <laughs> I well, I know why you went to Batman. You're wearing a Batman shirt. <laughs> That's true. I am wearing a Batman shirt. Uh, it's boiling acid. That's the one she's in. Um, but Step for Way 1975 is the. The original film is based on a book that came out relatively soon before. Like, it was the early 70s. And it's about this family who move to a suburb. They live in New York, and they move to Stepford, as the title would imply. And over the course of the film, though, the wife, the main character of the film, uh, Joanna, played by Catherine Ross, starts to suspect that there's something strange going on because all of the waves in the town are very... uh, subservient, one might say. Or just perfect housewives who only want to please their husbands and cook and clean and things of that nature so that is a uh, you know that's the that's the gist of it obviously we'll get into what actually is going on she does make a couple of friends though who share her concerns and that kind of leads into their kind of quasi investigation we'll say um there you go that's the, the idea of the film so tara how did you feel about the separate wives uh, yeah, this was a first-time watch for me. Um, but I have to say, I I think I had heard the twist beforehand from somewhere else. So I did have that in the back of my mind as I was watching it, which I... I don't know. I don't want to say, like, it ruined anything for me. I think I would have preferred, obviously, not knowing watching it. But um, actually, I loved it. I loved this movie. That was great. Loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Passion. Um, I liked it. I don't know if I'd go as far as say love. It's definitely... It definitely has a bit some slow spots, I would say, uh, where it maybe mm-hmm. takes a while to kind of start to get to what it's really about. Where because you know, it was a good probably half hour at the start, where it is just her feeling kind of oh I missed the big city and everything's too quiet and stuff like that. Uh, but no, once it got into the proper satire, once it got into the proper kind of the stuff it was poking at, I I did yeah. get a lot more into it. Um, and you know it, 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 it doesn't pull too many punches. It's actually, I mean, not that I expect the seventies to be like held back because 70s as we've pointed out as we were going through the last batch of 70s movies we kind of pointed out how this was kind of the the explosion of no we're not going to like you know you know make things soft and cuddly we're going to conform and yeah yeah we're going to have people talking about serious topics we're going to have uh you know there's lots of conversations in this movie with several of the women characters talking about their sexual experiences and things like that but it's not from the perspective of men trying to have sex with them it's from the perspective of them just talking about their experiences which actually feels kind of refreshing for at this time period it doesn't feel like something that i imagine you saw a lot of before this right it's 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 a very feminist film and there's a ton of social commentary in this oh tons yeah uh absolutely because i mean i think you can kind of bubble the whole thing down to really saying like take out all the actual because obviously I don't think it's such a stretch to... Everyone's going to assume, okay, we're talking about this movie where she thinks something weird's going on. Obviously, it's going to be something science fiction because otherwise, mm-hmm. why would we be talking about it on this show? But if you take <laughs> out the science fiction part of it, if you take out the, the, the movie part of it, you're still left with something that's essentially just about the idea of men wanting their wives to 
be exactly what they want and not be people of their own and not have their own like wants and desires and not have their own say yeah. in anything and and that kind of thing so it, that stuff is all very much there and it so it's got a lot of weight behind it because it's actually talking about something it's not just some gimmicky concept that someone thought up uh but yeah i i think i just always knew what the twist was like it's just i've always just known it is the movie that's that <laughs> like i've just always known it's the movie with this type of thing in it yeah i don't know where i heard it from or if it was spoiled or if it was just like something i come across like online or or something because i i've never seen this film and i've always wanted to and i i usually you know i would absolutely avoid spoilers if i could i think it was just something in the back of my mind that i I worried really deep that I just always knew it was there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the sort of thing that TV shows have spoiled. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if The Simpsons spoiled this at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if it was brought up in another sitcom. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like how I knew what the end of uh, Citizen Kane was. Where, like, it just it was brought up in a couple of shows enough that I remembered it. And I knew going in what, what Rosebud was. I won't say what it is, because mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not a dick. But, like, I just I knew what it was going in. Um, and I think it's the same thing here. I don't remember what spoiled it, but kind of like even Planet of the Apes, where the twist is just kind of, it's not as famous as that one. But at some point, someone's referenced this movie in a TV show, and it's just stuck in my head that that's, this is the movie that has that. Yeah. That's what I know it as. So. Um, but no, uh, Catherine Ross plays the lead role. Uh, she is very good. Uh, the, the film, you know, presents her as this very down to earth character who. Yeah, she's a very modern woman from New York. Mm-hmm. has her own career she's very artistic she's uh yeah she's just more of um, the modern female who you know wants to have her own identity that's not associated just with being mrs whoever i don't i don't remember their last name uh eberhart yes eberhart eberhart i don't know but yeah so no she's i think she's i mean obviously the whole film kind of is anchored by her if she, if she wasn't good the whole thing would probably crumble because i really like the woman who played bobby as well i thought she was really good she was yeah, really fun B- bobby's kind of her sort of main friend her main she adds a lot of energy and to the film and i i just like their dialogue together it felt very real to me she's a lot yeah because as much as joanna is like a modern woman as you say bobby's a lot more of a loudmouth and a lot more quick to like actually talk about things so she kind of like draws a lot out of joanna just by like mm-hmm. being a bit more abrasive with how she talks i mean she's always friendly with it she's never like a confrontational with it but it's and always... bobby is also from the city from yeah. maybe new york i'm not sure yeah and then there's a sort of third one there's a bit more minor but there's like a sort of tennis player character who mm-hmm. uh, becomes their sort of third friend um so we, we get we get all that and a lot of it's just noticing the signs. I feel like the spoiler-free section is probably going to be quite short, just because there's only we so want to get we can, to it. Yeah, well, there's only so much we can talk about without talking about all the signs that point to what comes later. Um, yeah, well, it's really smartly written. Have you ever um, heard the story of Pygmalion or are familiar with it? I have not. No, it's from. I think it originates from Ovid's Metamorphoses, and it's like from ancient Rome, and it's one of the stories about like a is is called Pygmalion and it's about like a sculptor who's just disgusted by the way women are now the, the modern women of ancient Rome are and so he just he can never find like the woman he loves or a, a woman that would that he's not disgusted by because of her behavior so he makes one out of out of marble and uh, like he just sculpts he's already a sculptor so he just sculpts and then he prays to the gods to like give her life and there is no like um it's 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 also the story that's used in like my fair lady is an obvious example like anytime a woman gets a makeover and becomes like the perfect woman greece uh she's all that she's all that yeah (laughs) there is also a movie from like the 30s called pygmalion and it's about that taking a woman from the streets and turning her into like um a, a lady i've only seen parts of greece right so maybe this analysis that i'm about to throw at you here is completely wrong but doesn't that movie have kind of a problematic message because at the end of the film yeah. she kind of accepts all the changes and just becomes what he wants and that's the end she gets the guy because she turned into what he wants and that's the end yeah and it's all show anyway <laughs> like it's not <laughs> clearly that's not who she is yeah and i think greece is also a slight bit of satire though about the 50s the perfect sure. image yeah oh, I mean, I, again i've not actually seen it all the way through and i, I probably never will because i hate musicals but <laughs> just 
I had glance from a distance. It, it looked a little weird with its messaging, but yeah, I, I mean, right. yeah, if it's if it's if it's satirical, then fair enough. Like whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, the story of Pygmalion. I mean, it it ends in a way where it's just like, wait, so the guy never learned a lesson, <clears throat> so it's not like a it's not like a cautionary tale of not letting yourself or of hiding yourself away or, or trying to make the perfect woman. Like, it's actually the story of how to make the perfect woman is to sculpt her from marble. If in doubt, make your own. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I I think what I like about this movie is that it does it in a more kind of nuanced, real world way. And what I mean by that is, that obviously, when it gets to what was going on, it's not very realistic. But I mean in the sense that it's kind of this unspoken thing that all the men want but don't admit. It's kind of, that feels yeah. more that feels more like real life to me. This idea of like this, uh, you know, wanting to keep the patriarchy. You see it in other things as well. You see it with racism. You see it with homophobia. But this idea, we're not going to talk yeah. about it, but we all secretly really want this to not change because we like being in power or we like whatever we like the way things are, the status quo, mm-hmm. uh, or in this case, trying to like go more status quo because they're upset with how much things have advanced. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean the to use your word the subtext here is like i mean very very strong in this film which is mainly like really love it yeah uh no i i I think that's the strongest part of the movie for sure i think the pacing of the film and some of the like actual filmmaking qualities to it are a little bit lax at times and it could do with maybe a tightening up in the edit room and you know and just things like that like there's some technical things that i you know and even in the script where it could be tightened up here you could condense a little bit this year uh to give it a bit more of a structure I didn't mind. I, I liked how, like, I, I know those scenes between her and Bobby are, like, pretty long. Like, the, the dialogue that they have are pretty long, but it really establishes, like, what a breath of fresh air Bobby is in her life and how much she oh. depends on having another woman like that around her. Oh, yeah. I, no, I like their scenes a lot. I, I'm talking more about just, like, them having kind of a goal. I, I feel like it's a well into the movie before they start to, like... Cause I guess the real first goal in the movie is them saying, oh, let's form a women's club because the mm-hmm. men have their thing. It takes a little bit in the movie to get to that point, so I felt like for a while there was kind of like a... I don't want to say aimless, but it, it kind of felt like I was still being introduced to things for a long time. So I, I felt the pacing a little okay. bit in that first, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it was. Because the movie's about two hours long. It's like, a, you know, it's, it's a theatre movie. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, it's a male complaint. I don't want to be too harsh on that element, because it no, ultimately I, had a good time I, I don't with think, it, but... I don't think you're wrong, but I yeah. just didn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, so, no. Um... Right, there's anything else I want to talk about before we get into uh, spoilers, just because so much of it is. I, yeah, I think we have to go to spoilers here at this point. Okay. <laughs> there's so much more we can do. Um, so I will take this time though, before we move into spoilers, to thank our Patreon producers at the time of recording. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Born Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, but you can of course support us. Uh, both, both, I missed out a part there. Well, I meant to say there's that they're all twenty dollar or more patrons, but you can support us for much less than that. Can't Natara? <laughs> it's usually my job to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll talk me. That's fine. <laughs> Such a jerk. What? Um, <laughs> yes. If you enjoy the show and enjoy us, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as well as one dollar per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of the Ace, which one we are recording Tomorrow night is the the much anticipated Transfers Five. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the finale of the Jack Death Saga, but it's not the finale of the Transfers Saga. Right. So Tim Thomason, we love him. Uh, we've been following him and his adventures on the Patreon bonus over the last year and a half or so. <laughs> so go sign up. One dollar, you can get all those back episodes. Thank you. Yeah, the whole back catalog's there for the one dollar. Um, not the last time we'll see him though, because he was in a couple of sci-fi films for the same company. So we'll we'll get to those. Probably bonus worthy. Oh yeah, he was in the Evil Bong. He was, but he's also the titular character in Dollman, where he's an alien from another planet who happens to be about two foot tall. Uh, well, we have to watch that because of the size difference. Yep, I know. So it's it's. I have the Blu-ray. I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that Charles Band Productions. <laughs> I know. Keeps hooking me in. All right. So, full spoilers then for the Stepford Wives from this point on. From the original, that is 1975, of course. Um, so, the robots. The robots. <laughs> they are, remember that episode of Twilight Zone that we talked about heavily? Uh, the Lonely? Uh, mm-hmm. You mix that 
with a little bit of get out <laughs> and you get a lot of get out a actually. lot of get out yes um and you get the step for waves and obviously that came much later it was inspired by this film but there's actually another twilight zone episode that i've seen but it's in a later season i don't know which mm. one that um this reminds me of a lot too oh it's fun. about like a society who in the future when they reach a certain age they choose a body that they want um it's like a, a you know satire of plastic surgery if everybody mm. looks like the perfect person then nobody looks unique anymore <laughs> a lot like malibu uh, <laughs> <laughs> which i think is a really really great episode of the twilight zone can't remember what it's called but uh, it reminded me a lot of of that as well oh, we'll get to it we'll get to it and, and unlike uh get out the twilight zones did come first which is interesting mm -hmm. uh so curious to get to that but yeah, I do like that the movie goes through a lot of like natural stages, but they actually for a long time suspect that it's like a, it's like they're being brainwashed or they're being drugged or something to that. They think it's more chemicals and like that kind of thing. Not like the, the idea that they're because and they don't even go into the like the robotics of them that much. Like we, they have to be robots, like because we know this, uh, or at the very least clones <laughs> that have been altered. Yeah, I mean, even if it was, like, some kind of a drug that they were using, it could still be considered science fiction. Yeah. Oh, but it's definitely not, though, because we see them get stabbed or and there's no blood. Yeah, but we see them get stabbed and there's no blood, so they can't just yeah, be... Yeah, yeah. No, we, we know yeah. that it's robots. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, while you're watching it, if you don't oh, know... Oh, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, to go back to the start, because my favourite line in the movies comes in the first scene. Uh... My favorite laugh in the movie as well, which comes uh, from this line. Yeah, there's a couple good laughs in this movie. As, as, as in the first scene, which is they're, they're all getting ready. They're going into their car to drive to the new town uh, from the front of their, their tall, you know, apartment building in New York, busy traffic. And they're waiting and the dad get into the car and the, the two kids in the backseat, Joanne is there. And almost like a foreshadowing thing for the movie, there's a guy walking with like a blow-up doll, like across the street, like just it's down the road. It's a mannequin. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Or American, but it's naked. You can see like boobs and stuff. It's like it's, you know, it's 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 a bit over the top. And when the dad gets in the car, the kid says, "Dad, I just seen uh, a man, you know, walk across the street with a naked woman." And he just deadpan responds with, "That's why we're moving to Stepford." It just starts the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. I think that seeing that that man carry a, a, a mannequin away, who's like, she's she's just like made of white plastic, you know, mm. and. I think that sort of invokes the um, Pygmalion um, story just because mm. she was carved out of marble. Well, this is, yeah, this is kind of an evolution of that. So, uh, you know, calling back to it in the opening scene is like, hey, we're taking this further. We're going further yeah. with this idea. Right. Uh, this is a fine way of doing things. Uh, so, you know, they drive. The titles play as they drive to the town and they, they arrive in the big house and it's all quiet, uh, which looks like it's driving Joanne up the wall. She's not used to all this quiet. Mm -hmm. Um but a... She even gets interviewed by, I guess, the local paper who doesn't have a lot of stories, so they just interview <laughs> yeah. new people who've moved in. Well, David, that's like, you're from the say, you're from New York say. Have you ever been to the Empire State Building? Well, you tell yeah. us what it's like in the say. What are the yellow cabs like? I thought it was interesting that when she was asked, what do you miss the most about New York? She said noise, because most people move away from the noise, but she misses it. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a, good, good, it's a good like character thing too. You know, she's yeah. obviously a big city woman who doesn't want to be in the country. Yeah, no, even just... though she's a mom. Interesting yeah. beats. Um, I think it's interesting that the movie kind of ignores the kids. Like we know they have two kids, but they barely get brought up. There's only a couple of times in the movie where they're even kind of like relevant to what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. And well, we assume they, we see them go to school, so most yeah. of the day scenes they're probably in school. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's kind of intentional though, where it's 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 like we're not going to like pin her down as just being a mum. So we're going to like you know they're off to school. We don't think about them. We're it's it's all about her and her life and what she's going through. And pretty sure that's why public schools exist so, <laughs> so parents can send their kids off and pretend like they're they don't have kids for eight hours or so. Uh, I was going to cut at the start of the year when the you know the, the lockdowns were all starting and the kids were sent home from school. It was a great clip from Parks and Rec that kept getting spread around the internet and it's wonderful. Uh, where there's like one of those town meetings they have in Parts and Rec where for, I can't remember what the context of the episode is but for some reason the kids have to stay home for school for a couple of weeks and a mum stands up and says um, you know says you know what's going to happen is like well the kids are going to have to stay home for two weeks and the mum responds what in my house 
I do not envy parents right now. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, so, and the, the first signs that something's wrong is kind of, kind of, you know, because because the, the husband seems nice enough to start with. You know, he seems like a low, da- you know, down to earth kind of dude. Doesn't seem to be whatever. He's just kind of ignoring her wants in just very kind of subtle, ignorant ways, as opposed to it, what seems, you know, it doesn't seem to be intentionally. He's trying to be a dick. Yeah, what's best for him is best for the family. Yeah, so that's his attitude. Without discussion, yeah. Because uh, the, the key scene, I think, which is quite early on, is when he comes home after he's been out for the, the day meeting like his business partners, and you know, because he's a lawyer, he's, he's at his new law firm, whatever. And he comes home, he's like, oh yeah, they're telling me about this uh, this country club that they've, they've got, this gentleman's club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, Well, this is what I, I picked up on that I really liked, is the way he... He he started talking about it. He's like, oh, well, they were saying that I could get in. It was quite an honour. He says, there is one thing I don't like about it, though. And he says that first before he mentions that it's men only. Uh, well, but yeah, they think about changing it, you know. They're, yeah, they're thinking about changing that. And, <laughs> you know, she, she's kind of like, and she sort of like yells at him and says, look, you'd already made up your mind that you wanted to move, but, you know, before you'd asked me. You'd already made up your mind you wanted this house before you asked me, to, you know, you put down the money for it. And now you've already made your mind up that you're joining this stupid club. <laughs> so why why are you even go through the pretense? I think she asking? accuses him of already joining the club. Yeah, which I, th- I think I mean he never actually confirms it one way or the other, but I'm fairly certain he pretty much has. <laughs> yeah. Do we think that he moved here because of the club? Because oh, he yeah. heard about it. I-, I think he's here because he wants to do this to his wife. I think this is the plan the whole time. Mm. Um, See, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just indoctrinated. Yeah, you could look at it that way. Yeah, it would work. Um, yeah. I feel like him specifically wanting to come here, though, makes just makes me think that, no, nah, he heard about this in advance and he's bringing his wife here because... But, you know. I mean, if he didn't, I think the message still works that he would be so easily influenced be like, once yeah. he's around other men who think a certain way. Yeah, it would work, yeah. There's no reason why it has to be one or the other, honestly. It's, it's you know, either way, it's the idea that other opinions, other voices, uh, and he said. Well, we get thing. a scene pretty quickly after where he's just kind of not in bed, sitting by the fireplace drinking, and mm. you can see that he's had his indoctrination, which he doesn't like the word of, but, you know, she's asking him, are you okay? You should come to bed. Like, this isn't normal. You don't normally do this. And he's just sort of, it, he looks sad, but he, and he's telling him that, or he, tell, he tells her that he loves her. Yeah, it's, it's like he's kind of it's made like, his choice to go through with it. So, or or maybe he's yeah. not even made his choice yet. Maybe he's just trying to talk himself out of it right now. It seems a little bit like he's he he finally realizes what this club is about, and yeah. he's not sure if it's the right thing to do. Yeah, because one of the things as well that I really noticed is that a lot of his dialogue in the first like twenty minutes of the movie, where you know they're getting ready for dinner, uh, they're washing the dishes or whatever, they're in the kitchen, and it's when she's telling him the story, which we'll get to in a minute about the what she saw the neighbors do. And this scene, and also the scene before, there's a lot of scenes where he'll just casually say things like, "Oh, we should christen the, we should have sex in front of the fireplace. Oh, we should christen mm-hmm. the house over here. We should have sex in every room." And he, he keeps bringing yeah, up sex. Yeah, he's a real curve in the in the yeah. first like thirty minutes of the movie. And the first time I didn't really think much of it. Oh, he's cracking a dirty joke with his wife. Whatever, right? That's normal. But then he kept kind of doing it, and it kept kind of making this thing where he seemed like he was getting annoyed that she always kept kind of like, "No, let's that, finish doing dishes first. Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> get back to the dishes." Um, and it just. Like, again, it's, it's one of these things where it's not that extreme, where you could sort of buy, okay, he's just got this sense of humor. He just says this to his wife a lot. It's not a big deal. It, it could come across as normal. But once mm-hmm. you get to the context of the rest of the movie, it starts to like, Yeah, oh, like if she was a robot, she'd say yes. Exactly, yes. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. She'd say yes every time. Because what she sees, of course, is that the neighbor who who brought over the, the casserole when they were moving in, uh, mm-hmm. she's going over to take the dish back. And she sees from a distance that her husband just kind of comes up behind her and sort of gropes her from a distance and it's one of these weird things just like oh they're a bit frisky you know out in the garden in public yeah kind of he thing. just like pulls her shirt open and looks at her boobs and says let's go <laughs> <laughs> which, um and the body language is a little bit weird but it's just that thing again you could like if you're in the situation this is you know, the one time you've seen something like this you can kind of like okay they're a bit you know they're a bit frisky yeah. or whatever and i mean uh, the this first neighbor that we that we meet also we've met her earlier because she brings a casserole over yeah. Maybe, you know what, maybe he did know that this town did this to women because he, she brings the casserole over to the the husband and um, says, like, doesn't want to talk to his wife at all. 
she just wants to talk mm. to him to give him the casserole because she's better at talking with men, <laughs> you know? And um, he sees his neighbor's husband, the wife of the robot that we meet, and says to him, "You're she's as good of a cook as she looks or something. Yeah. So you're like, okay. And they don't have any conversation after that. It's more of like a wink and a nod and... No, you're right. They go their separate ways. Yeah, because so maybe he did know. That's later on because he's he's taking the mail out of the mailbox, I think, and that's when he sort of sees the husband from you know yeah. across the street, the neighbor, and he sort of says that to him, and he kind of like, you know, there, yeah, there's like a knowing kind of nod, like what yeah. they're talking about between them. Yeah. So I guess maybe he did know. Yeah. So this is all part Monster. of his yeah dastardly plan. Um, I mean, I guess it wouldn't make that. It's not that hard to believe that he met some of the lawyers who work here. That he's moved, you know, this firm that he's moved to here he met in court you know maybe they came to the city for a big case or something like that and he got mm-hmm. to talking he learned about this and he's like this sounds like it's for me joanna's too independent i have to change things yeah. um so but yeah so, so that kind of sets the you know this is the idea again most of the things up until this point in the movie are like yeah once you look back later on like you see the warning signs but they don't feel that much to begin with you know like okay the neighbors are a bit frisky okay he makes some sex jokes None of it on its own. Even I mean, obviously, because it's a movie, I'm like, okay, this is like implying things for later, and I'm 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 reading into it. But in real life, most of these things on their own wouldn't be big warning signs yet. They're just kind right. of okay, whatever. But then things start getting weirder and creepier, and yeah, there's like a a minor car accident with one of the wives that causes her to have like a fault, and <laughs> she she keeps saying the, the something in, in on repeat, basically. Yeah. She can't stop saying the same line over and over again. And it's the line that makes sense in the context of what's happening. But it seems a little bit different than, like, shock or minor and brain damage. Joanna notices that the ambulance goes in the opposite direction of the hospital, as if, right. you know, she's going for repairs, not for <laughs> medical attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is, is, is one of those funny little details. But she meets Bobby kind of early around here as well, and they get to talking, they, they head it off because they're both from the city and they're sort of yeah. joking about how weird the town is. They eventually meet the tennis player. And and throughout all this, they, they kind of decide that, hey, maybe we should have a women's club. We should have some sort of uh, a liberation group and talk about things. And as the 70s, you know, it makes sense. You know, this was the burn yeah. your bras era and all the rest of it. Oh, but, yeah, no one wears one in this. Oh, well, except for the Stepford Wives. Yeah. Except for the Stepford <laughs> Wives. Which is weird. Do you think the husbands would want the nipples on show? Uh I was envious. <laughs> um, oh, but, society. Societal norms. So we get this great montage of uh, Joanna and Bobby like going to all the wives, trying to like get people to come and join. Like, they're for a first meeting. They want like, people to come and join and talk to them. And one by one, they all just kind of are disinterested and, like, you know, show them away. Don't, you know... It, yeah, very, I mean, th- this is, like, their first time all sitting together as a group, too. So they might just be nervous about starting. You can't... Like, you can sort of forgive it. Oh, but I mean, but... before that, because I always skip to that, because we have to talk about when they, because the, one house they go to, they don't meet the oh, wife right. because, because they, 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 the door's open and Bobby's a bit, you know, she's like, oh, I'll just walk in. I'm a, I'm a barger kind of person. Uh, but they go in and they hear her moaning upstairs. She's clearly having sex with her husband. And the dialogue yeah. is... <laughs> Something else. She... she gives him many nicknames. Yeah, basically, it's like you know, it's like fake. You know, the idea of faking it's one thing, but this is like faking it where every it's single like a script, every time she says something, she can't, she keeps topping the compliment she's given him. So it's just like, oh, you're a stallion. Oh, you're a stud. Oh, you're a king. Oh, you're a, the supreme ruler. You're my master. And she keeps like going more and more absurd. And of yeah. course, eventually, the two of them just kind of look at each other and go, "We better leave and go." <laughs> Um, which has a funny payoff later because when they see them in the supermarket later, like because they never met the couple. The, yeah, the, the, he's the just guys. some like schleppy pharmacist behind the counter. Yeah, and they're like, "Huh?" And she's like, of course, gorgeous and made made by a man, so yes. she's like the perfect, the perfect <laughs> um, gender rolled female. Which begs the question: Did she uh, like are all of these people originally their wives, or are some of them like people who they've just kidnapped and replaced? Well, they're. I mean, they can definitely make alterations, uh-huh. uh, so we know that. <laughs> I think you're referring we'll get, to some we'll get to uh, it. increased yeah. boobage later. Uh, <laughs> well, way to spoil it. <laughs> There's no way to spoil boobs. Uh, so, 
come on, I get one dumb guy joke, okay? okay. Like, I know it's not the movie for it, but I get one dumb guy joke. That's it. <laughs> cut off. That's a threat. Okay. <laughs> so, we have this place, but yeah, we eventually, she kind of... Because there's a scene before this as well that I thought was really interesting where the the husband's got like a lot of the guy friends ar- around and he kind of says it's okay if she sits in on this. But notably like there's one guy who just draws her the whole time while she's sitting mm-hmm. listening to this meeting. They're talking about like planning some town like fair or meeting or something. There's some event for the town. And they're all just sort it's, of... T- it's a very boring conversation. Yeah. She and tries her best to like contribute and then she oh, realizes she- this isn't for me. If this is what the guys club is then maybe yeah. it's not for me. She's painfully bored, yeah, and she's, she's, and she's not really been, like, encouraged to be included either. She's kind of just, like, been left to sit there and whatever. But this guy's drawn her the whole time. And then the follow-up scene to this is that there's a guy, one of the guys comes by, and he wants to do this weird, like, exercise. He's, he's, he claims he's building, like, a database for, like, little rival fingerprint, you know, for, for police, where he's going to, like, make sure he like knows where everyone's from and build up a history and he also wants her to record like going through the alphabet with her kids and this is part of where i was going okay because i know it's robots i'm like mm-hmm. he's building a sound library he wants to like have a recording of her saying every type of like word and syllable so that he can have the robot say things i was yeah. like and that's why the guy was drawing her he was making sure that he, they could recreate I her love, i love like the guy in the turtleneck with the white hair or mm. the silver hair he's uh he's called diz because he used to work for disney and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the. Uh, you used to work for Disneyland, probably as mm-hmm. an Imagineer, but the but Disneyland has a lot of animatronics, like human animatronics, like for Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, one of the most famous ones, or at least at the time, not so much now, is uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. They used to have multiple presidents, also. Mm. That, but now you can still go <laughs> when it reopens. <laughs> you can you can go see great moments with mr lincoln where he just lincoln stands up and he gives the gettysburg address and it's like I mean, there's still definitely an uncanny valley there but at the time like the technology was incredible to like create a person out of a rope out of machine and for them to move like a human and sound like like abe lincoln yeah you see the difference john is that when the pirates of the caribbean breaks down the the pirates don't eat the tourists uh, if you adapted that to this movie, when the stepper ways break down, they don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Insert dumb sex joke. Um, but don't roll your eyes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Let's just keep moving. Uh, okay. Ah, uh, I missed out the villain in this review. <laughs> I'm just. I can't do anything about it. Um, so. They, basically he she says to this guy recording the audio okay look, you know what i'll do this right but i want a favor in return and basically gets him to like convince all the husbands to let their wives go to this meeting so we get this wonderful like first meeting of all these wives so we've got our three characters who are actually friends who are you know still human right <laughs> for lack of a yeah. better term uh you know joanna bobby and the tennis player and they're trying to say okay so there's a first meeting there's like three or four of the stepford wives and they start trying to talk about things and, and Joanne's like, oh, I'll go first. And she talks about, I can't remember which story she tells, but she does a story about her insecurities or something. Um, and then I think the tennis player starts talking about how she's, oh, she doesn't, you know, her husband doesn't really love her and she knows that she's more of a trophy wife. And she kind of accepted that at first because she liked the money, but blah, blah. And then the Stepford yeah, wives chime in and turn every conversation into talking about doing like cleaning and cooking and like, oh, you should they do this on the commercials. steps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they sell it there in commercials talking about how good One the of them did say is. she was disappointed because she wasn't able to bake as much. So, like, they're still doing grievances, but it's all grievances about, like, not being able to please their husbands enough because mm-hmm. they have so many chores to do and so much cleaning to do. They didn't have enough time to bake all the things they said they were going to bake. And then they just start talking about, like, how this one cleaning product is a time saver and you have to use this and... It's like, okay. <laughs> Do you know what it was? It was almost like a, I'd walked into a scene from the Truman Show where one of the, the characters was doing the ad yeah. in the middle of the movie and Truman's like, Now that's a beer. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. Right. Uh, and it's basically, okay, this was DOA. Like, this is not going to work. These people are absolutely psychotic. We can't do this. Yeah, but we do find out that there used to be another, like, group of uh, mm. women 
like they used to have this already this this group of only women and they get to talk about their husbands and their lives and all that and it was led by the first robot neighbor that we saw yeah uh, she was like their president they find out from this this older woman who i guess didn't bother changing because no one cared at, at, at that point uh mm -hmm. it makes me wonder if the, if if them having a group like that's kind of what inspired the idea in the first place is they all went hey they're getting a bit too uh you know they're uni they're unionizing the wives are unionizing it sounds, to, it sounds to me like most of these men came from areas of the country where women were being you know um i don't want to say liberated but like where there was more of a feminist movement mm. and they're like yes we support you um have your women's group but let's do it in this town you know where they really need us <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah it, it sounds like a lot of a lot of the men had wives that were a little too independent for them and so purposely moved out to here to stepford yeah um so basically we get to a point where they really start worrying and then the big sort of game changing thing is that the tennis player she is away for a weekend and when she comes back is acting like the stepford wives like all of a sudden and they're both freaked out by it and they're like wait something actually changed her like they did something to her because uh, yeah. our, our tennis court's been like dug up and she's like oh my husband always wanted this pool and you know I I'm here to please him so he can have the pool I I I'm not going to do silly things like play tennis anymore I'm going to make sure he's happy and do not have time for, for tennis with all the with all the cleaning and love making <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that's basically what she says um, so they actually start like almost trying to investigate properly at this point and they start speculating there's something in the water. And at least to Joanna going to like an ex-boyfriend from like college or whatever it is. Because um, he's, like, he's like a chemist. And uh, they take him a water sample. And I thought this was interesting. What, what's your read on this? Because there's, there's a moment here where, you know, he seems like he's normal enough. And he's talking to yeah. her and he's, he's done this favor. And he talks about, oh yeah, I've been married eight years. You're married too. Yeah, and they're just kind of catching up. But he writes a little note on like one of the bits of paper. He writes a little note saying, yeah, I'm not really happy either. Um what yeah, was your, your reading this? Because that doesn't really come up again in any great way. No, uh, no, but I, you know, honestly, I sort of read it as okay, he's kind of a like, even though he's married to his wife, and I'm sure she's very much like Catherine Ross's character, since that's the type of woman he's attracted to, he also is unsatisfied, just like the men in Stepford. Okay. Uh,. I, I don't know, because I don't know if there's a lot to go on, because I, I was wondering if it was the opposite. I was wondering if it was, like, more like he, he like has... Giving her a window out? Well, no, more, more that he's he's bored and unsatisfied because he has, like, you know, quote-unquote, a more traditional housewife, and he actually, like, wants someone more like her. Because, like, I, I, I guess I'm just maybe just jumping to that conclusion just because I feel like it, I don't know, it offers, like, the idea that, there is other people out there who aren't this awful <laughs> kind of most, thing. Most women are not flattered that you would leave their wives for Oh, them. of course. I, yeah, I know that. Because it's <laughs> definitely a red flag <laughs> that you would abandon your family and uh, to go back to an old fling just for just the idea that, you know. So to me, like, it comes off as, okay, he's just as scummy as her husband. No, you're probably right. You're pro I, I was looking for something... I guess I was looking for something a bit more layered in it. Mm -hmm. Like what it was trying to kind of get at with the idea of the temptation. Because um, the argument could be made that if she sort of like took this offer and did run off, that she would be fine. She would have like saved herself uh, from what happens eventually. Maybe. Um, I mean, because he is somebody that she dated in college. Mm. And so maybe the idea is like in college they were more free and independent and she was more, you know, she was doing what she wanted to do. She wasn't just a mother or a wife. And going back to that old version of herself, and he kind of represents that. But I, I really do. Like she's, She clearly isn't upset with him that he wrote her that note, but she does just sort of leave with, yeah. a, with a very faint, like, goodbye. There's not a whole lot to read from her emotion. No. Like, and it's not even like he pushes it that hard either. It's more just like a, like an admission because they've both just had the small talk where they both say they're very happy and they've been happy for a long time. Uh, like, because I, I, I could almost read it. He's not actually even trying to do anything. He's just saying, yeah, I'm not really happy. That's that's the bullshit, like, you know, the 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 advertising friendly answer 
but really I'm kind of miserable. <laughs> like <laughs> she doesn't clean. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know she why he's unhappy. <laughs> we don't know why he's unhappy. Unhappy. So we, we don't That's know. That's true. We don't know. We don't know if it's because like, he wants this, a step for wife, or it's because, or just other like un normal unhappy marriage reasons. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. So so they basically find that there's nothing wrong with the water. Like it's fine. Like yeah, it's not the cleanest water in the world, but it, there's nothing weird about it. <laughs> there's nothing right. in it, um, which so, is very disappointing to Bobby, because she wanted an answer. She thought she had it, and yeah. now she starts from square one again. Yeah, but then she asks uh, Joanna to look after the kids for the weekend because it's her their anniversary, so she's going to like. And I'm like, oh, they're going away for the weekend. And this is the thing; it's not out the blue either because it is their anniversary. It's like their normal time to do something so it doesn't feel suspicious to her but as a viewer yeah. i'm like oh no she's going to come back all messed up she's going to be different right they've got a step first the eyes there <laughs> <laughs> so um and she's definitely the most free spirit of all of them oh for sure yeah she's the most vocal she's the one who you know she's the loudest she's the most bombastic mm -hmm. and you know like Joanna has like a fight with her husband or whatever over that weekend, and you know because because of all the kids being there, and he's he's like losing his shit because he's having to look after like four kids instead of two, and there's a dog, and all of it's very miserable. Yeah, and she's trying, she's like having a breakthrough in her photography, which you know mm. is something that she really needs, and like because she's trying to get some work done, um, he's upset, even though because that's what he's trying to do, he's trying to get some work done, but he has to look after kids. So it's a little bit of a role reversal for him, and he obviously is not okay with it. No. He doesn't even like respect what she does. It's just more of a "this is what you should be doing." Yeah, I well, should that, be the one working. <laughs> yeah, that comes out a bit obviously more overtly later when they actually confront each other. About it. But she goes to see Bobby, and she's wearing the uh, like you know the the what do you call it the apron. Apron, thank you. <laughs> The word escaped me. But it's like a frilly... She looks straight out of the 50s. Yeah, it's a classic sort of 50s housewife-looking apron with the hair all done up. and uh, makeup, she's Makeup, and she's like, why are you wearing makeup? You never wear makeup. Yeah, and she's smelling the whole time. She's like, everything she says is about, you know, preparing dinner or doing stuff for her husband or, you know, yeah. don't be silly. And Joanna is just horrified. She's just watching in horror this has happened to her. And now she's scared it's going to happen to herself. Uh, and this is, where, this is around the movie where she actually freaks out and demands to move she's like i'm not staying here anymore we have to move um and he is kind of open to it but he, he, he kind of makes her agree to see a therapist first because she's sounding crazy um so uh, and what stuck out about this to me is how well this is aged and this and in a, in a, a kind of a, a sad way i suppose but the idea that he's essentially gaslighting her now, oh definitely i thought it, about that yeah if, if you t i mean if you take out like the, 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 you know what's going on in the movie like in a real world context, if she started claiming that there was something in the water that was changing all the waves, yeah, she would sound crazy, and people probably would tell her to go see a therapist. But we but know he it's knows. true. Yeah, he knows it's true. Yeah. So, so he's like he's straight, making her think that she's crazy. She straight, he straight up gaslights her. She goes to a therapist. She tries to tell the therapist everything she she knows or what she thinks, and she's really freaking out about it. Um, and it all kind of bubbles up to this 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 uh, period towards the end of the movie where. She goes home and the kids aren't there because that's been kind of a consistent thing. Is whenever this is, you know, the change is going to happen, the mm -hmm. the kids are always sent away. And it's worth mentioning as well that the, the the tennis player moved here first, then Bobby moved here a couple of months later, and then about a month after that is when Joanna arrived. So she's next in the pecking, you know, she's next up on the list. So we've been yeah. kind of counting down, and she starts to get worried, and she, you know, to the point where she ends up, you know, hitting uh, the husband in the head with the. The, tire, uh, the, the, the fire poker, I think it is. Yeah, well, first she goes to her friend, to Bobby's, because uh, she watched Bobby's kid when mm. she got changed. So now she figures that her kids are probably with Bobby. So she sneaks out of the house, goes to Bobby's, and Bobby's there, keeps trying to offer her coffee. And she's like, I don't want coffee. I want my children. Like, well, they're not here. She's totally calm and robotic. And uh, she grabs a knife, and cuts herself, Joanna does, and then asks if she bleeds, like Batman asked Superman. <laughs> Do you bleed? You will. <laughs> and then stabs her in the belly, and wouldn't you know it? Doesn't no even blood. react. Doesn't flinch. No blood. Just like, why would I thought we were friends? <laughs> why would you <laughs> do a silly thing like that? 
And then she, <laughs> yeah, and then she uh, goes into that same sort of def- defect that the first robot had when she got in the car accident. Yeah, which we we saw we saw again later because they were at like a like a garden party like a couple of scenes later, and mm-hmm. she was walking around saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, she's clearly still defective. Yeah, and the husband's like, why why are you embarrassing me like this in public? Let's get you, you know to the engineer or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> the imagineer that's what they're yes. called at disneyland yeah which by the way remember when you brought up the guy from disney is that he is like proper like super villain like because he's got this gray oh, yeah. hair he the looks fir- like a bond villain the, the first time you meet him uh, the husband's in his office and he's literally like in like a really dark office where he's all the only thing that's lit in the room is the desk and him like everything yeah. in the room is just in pitch black and she can't see it so he looks like a proper maniac- maniacal kind of like yes yeah. uh, and when, uh, he, when he shows up at the house too he's like standing in a door frame just ogling her uh, and it's, actually, it's very the, intimidating the way he stands the line of dialogue he has because she's like she i think she's like making coffee or she's like putting something in the dishwasher she's like oh i enjoy watching women doing menial tasks i think right. was the line it was like a really like it's really degrading. Yeah, and, and she's smells... standing there in a yeah. pose that's like, "Check me out." <laughs> yeah, she smells at him to kind of just sort of just you know kind of nervously. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Weird comment, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just play nice. And it's like, you're a guest. Weird, so nice. goddamn thing to say to someone. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, I was walking into a bank on. Oh, I love watching all women add up numbers. <laughs> just like staring at her for like ten seconds. Well, I mean, it, it means something else than that, but yeah. <laughs> it's a strange thing to to say unless you're a man who likes seeing women subservient to their husband yeah oh, of course yeah i'm just saying it's like a really weird out of place like it's even for someone who feels this way i don't imagine most of them would just outright say a line like this like no oh, it's I, definitely I, a power move yeah i enjoy seeing this kind of thing. but anyway uh, yeah he's a so, but you know, when she does confront the husband, uh, Walter, uh, she yells at him, demands to know what's going on, and he says, "Well, you know, like, you know, because she's like, oh, Bob, you know, Bobby's changed. Our house is all sparkly. You should have seen it. It's never like that." And he's like, "Well, when's our house going to get sparkly? Eh? You know, why are you messing time with your silly photography?" And just goes on a like a tirade, uh, and it's not until she like you know hits him over the head, and he's like half like conscious, and she's like, "Okay, where are my kids?" And he's like, "At the." The, the 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 association you know the, the the men's club building there's like a mansion that's been like done up for them that they've been restore, restoring that mm-hmm. i do appreciate they actually set this up early in the film or someone mentions it because it's at the end of the street but we never actually see inside it till the end of the film so it's kind of like so when we go there at the end it did kind of feel like, like a haunted oh, house we're going into this mysterious building that's been kind of set up from early on in the film and mm-hmm. she goes in uh and she's in to storm the place and she goes up and she finds you know disney man silver-haired man <laughs> and he's like I was expecting you, Joanna. Mm-hmm. That's basically his response. And it's like, it's already over. Her kids aren't here. This was all, like, this was part of the plan. Um, She's basically fell out into the trap. Yeah, they knew she would be a fighter. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, I was impressed with you. You've got fight in you. Blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, Lane's like, that's not the exact line he says, but it's basically the, the gist he of it. He says, like, you're one of our best subjects, if not the best subject. Yeah. Because um, she was smarter. And Which is a weird thing to say for a woman, then you don't want them to be independent. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's funny because obviously we, we we knew robots, so as soon as the stabbing happened, we like, oh, that's the confirmation. But that doesn't necessarily confirm that they've not just altered the person so much that they don't have like an inside anymore. The actual confirmation they've made a separate thing is here at the end because she, you know, chases into a room to go see her kids and she ends up in a bedroom that's an exact representation of her bedroom. And the dog that they had at the start of the movie, which she was told like was killed or ran away, is here. Presumably to help kind of like train the new Joanna mm-hmm. to whatever, but you know she she looks shocked. The camera does a big long pan over to the the dressing table where the perfect version of Joanna that her, that her husband has helped engineer mm-hmm. is sitting, and she screams, and it's actually quite a dark ending because our main well, character. Well, I mean, this is when we also see her turn around in her nightgown, and it's a see-through nightgown, and we see like. Catherine Ross is, you know, oh, yeah, she wasn't yeah. wearing a bra the whole movie. We know she's, you know, very small. <laughs> and when she stands up, she's got these, like, a big boobs that the camera <laughs> focuses on right away. Like, yeah. god damn it. And it's a see- the whole the whole thing's see-through. Uh, so it's, it's a very, you know, erotic outfit. And she stands up. Yeah. And her eyes aren't finished yet because her eyes have got these 
Is that a big I black sort of eyes? assume that, yeah, she's got these these doll eyes because she's, you know, a doll or a mm. shark. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, but I, I sort of assume that they just replaced her real eyes with the oh, doll maybe. eyes. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, it's a pretty dark end because our main character loses. Like, she doesn't, like, solve the <laughs> thing and gets away and, like, saves her kid and runs off. You know, we basically see that she is one of them. Like, we get this, this sequence in the, the, the supermarket where it goes from aisle to aisle and all of the Stepford wives, including all of the three characters that we've seen be turned, are all just saying, you know, it's, do you know what, do you know what it is? I know you've not watched this, but it's Handmaid's Tale. They're, they're all walking around and it's not the exact same lines, but it's kind of like Handmaid's Tale where they're, they've been forced to say these generic phrases to say hello to each other, where they're kind of like, oh, blessed be thy morning, you know, under his eye. Like, that's what they say in Handmaid's Tale. This is very like that. It's just, it's just changed to like pleasantries like, Oh, that new, uh, you know, soap you recommended is great. Oh, hi, say hi to the husband for me, and then just walk off. And it's just we follow How one the person. Kids? They're fine. We're yeah. fine. Thank Sh- you. Shopping cart to shopping cart, and then the final shot of the movie is a freeze frame of Walter, the husband, looking delighted, like he's he's in he's he's taking his kids to school in the car. He's like, oh, I'm having a great. My life is great. Like he's happy. And then the credits roll. He wins. Yeah. The bad guys win in this movie. This it's is depressing for you. I know it's a proper depressing movie. Yeah, I loved it. Because part of you really wants her to like, like stab someone with that fire poker. You know, like kill the bad guy, like stab him in the neck. Yeah, I mean, she's basically defeated the second she walks into that castle mansion place. Which I think works really well for the satire. This idea Mm -hmm. of fighting against what the the you know the patriarchy yeah is is doing to you you know kind of thing. Uh, So it's a little sick knowing that. I mean, there's one thing with Bobby, and Bobby had two boys for kids, mm. but she's got two girls. Joanna's got two girls with her husband. Yeah. I mean, did they wait until there's, like, men in their lives, and then they get to decide how they change into a robot, or... Do they want their girls to be independent? Or do they yeah. want them to grow up to be like their mother, who's subservient? Well, that, this is always the question when it comes to the misogyny, isn't it? Like, men who want women to be subservient and see them as lesser... How do they feel about their daughters? Like, do they have like a hypocrisy where they all of a sudden have a change of heart because they have a daughter and the daughter is should be treated differently, or do they have that same opinion about their daughter? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird disconnect. Yeah, it's not, and he doesn't have any sons. It's just two girls, and now he's got a robot wife, so she's not having any more babies. <laughs> <laughs> no, is is this like an extreme version of a vasectomy? It's like I could get a vasectomy. I think instead I'll just turn my wife into a robot. <laughs> that'll that'll take care of it. I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you're right it's a very dark ending and uh i sort of loved it for that for yeah uh, of course of course she loses because of the world she's in mm. yeah um no it's a, it's a kind of a depressing movie and it's it's why these it's, it's it's interesting watching this and obviously its themes still hold up you know it's, it's you know, obviously it's a different yeah. era but everything still hits a chord um it's not even it's not even like the blatant themes of you know what men are really after and or whether or not they really do support you know female liberation um but it's it is also about like uh when you get married and have a family the loss of your own identity mm. you know because she she has that moment that great line with the therapist where she just wants people to look at her photos and see her, but with her with her maiden name, like the woman she thought she would grow up to be. Yeah. Now, that's there, I think. It's the little things that I think age even better. The stuff like when he gaslights, or the stuff when the way he sort of slyly responds to things that kind of tell you more about him than anything else. Because he's not overtly like a dick for most of the movie. Most of the movie, mm-hmm. he's actually playing it as if he's actually a nice husband. With just these yeah. little tell signs just in there, a little bit here or there, um, and yeah, so I, it's it's a fascinating watch. It's a frustrating watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we we could sit here and talk about the political side of this and then talk about all that stuff. That that's like a rabbit hole to get into that I don't think we probably should uh, any further. But, um, but needless to say, I mean, the politics is there, and it it, it speaks to us. And I think it's two people who are quite happy to talk about these themes and, and, and these ideas. Like, th- this type of film, the fact that it is still so relevant. And this is something that I've talked about with uh, Tim a lot when it comes to, like, uh, stuff like Night of the Living Dead, you know, when it comes to the, the, the race 
mm-hmm. you know politics that are just embedded within that film from 1960 and how relevant it still is in 2020 um likewise here like i said that, that, that's why the moment where he gaslights her like really struck a chord it was like you know some of this obviously a lot of this is very extreme it's all these extremes you know movie ends of like oh literally turning people into robots it's a metaphor for what some people really do in terms of brainwashing in terms yeah. of making people think they shouldn't be any more than housewives or whatever but that moment where he gaslights so it really kind of like hit a nerve where i'm like oh wait that just that felt so real it felt so modern and ways that i I wasn't ready for so it kind of it stung what's interesting is that this movie is written by two men well the novel was written by a man and adapted um to screenplay by a man and directed by a man but it has a very like and it's not just that we're following the women here but i think the dialogue for the women is really good in this yeah i think i mean obviously there should be more women writing stories about the women experience right That, that should be a thing that there's more of but one of the things about writing and, and art is that so much of it's about empathy and there's a reason why a lot of people in hollywood are typically liberals is because it usually comes from having because to write a story about a character you usually you have to empathize with people you have to like see th- things from their eyes if you eyes. want that character to be real yeah, yeah if you want them to be real and good um so good writers tend to be more liberal not always there's exceptions but they tend to be so uh, this is maybe just a good example of no these people are talented it didn't matter that they were men like may- mm-hmm. maybe you know, maybe they have really good relationships with their wives or you know, the, the, the women in their lives, and they they, they, they knew see, about gaslighting. Yeah, they they, they, they see what's happening <laughs> around them, um, mm-hmm. and they 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 wrote a story about it uh, or directed a story about it, and so on. So, um, you know, so I I think I think that and it, you know, and the director is an interesting one because I think the director doesn't necessarily need to uh, get any of. I mean, they obviously get it, but I mean, like, I think the writing's the really impressive part because the director, I think, you can hand the director a good script that has the good dialogue. And the mm-hmm. director will look, read the script and go, I get what this is doing. I'm going to direct it appropriately. I mean, yeah, I mean, The Invisible Man is another, or the one that came out this year is another example yes. of that. You know, this is a really great story about a woman and gaslighting and problematic dire- re- relationships and domestic violence. But it's, you know, it's made by a man. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, it, it does a good job of, like, tackling those subjects. It, does, it doesn't feel... Yeah, I thought uh, it was great. Um, So, no, it's... Uh... So yeah, there are good examples of it, but at the same time, obviously there should be women directors and women writers making stories about these kind of experiences. Well, I mean, movies now are, are made by by many people. Like even, uh, like there's a lot of people who write for the film that don't get writing credits. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of influence on like the modern day Invisible Man. Yeah, for, is, a, uh, for, for a second, I thought you were going to say The Invisible Maniac, and I was like, I don't know, Tara. That, that I, don't, the, I doubt very much. <laughs> that wasn't the most feminist thing I've seen, <laughs> just uh, off the top of my head. Um, so, no. But no that Stepford Waves original is a, is a good, solid movie. Uh, I think it uh, does have some pacing issues, maybe does have a little bit of a, a driving force issue early on, whether it's like the characters having like a goal or the, the plot getting going, but... I, I, I guess the way I'd put it is that it's stuck in f- first gear for maybe a little too long, but that's mm. the, kind of the extent of my complaint there. Um, but it's good. It has it has a lot of valid commentary that's still valid today, and uh, it handles it with a fairly deft touch. Uh, I was actually surprised how overtly it tackled certain things and some of the dialogue that it had, some of the characters, the way they spoke about things. I was like, oh, this actually feels a bit ahead of its time yeah. in, in some ways. So... I guess we're at the point where we're going to rate the movie. So Tara, what are you going to give The Stepford Waves out of 10? Well, I've, I've already stated that I loved watching this film. And I think, you know, watching it from a female perspective maybe huh? elevates that because I really love the messaging and the social commentary. And uh, I love the sci-fi elements and I love the Disney element. <laughs> Even if it's minor. Even if the I Disney, Disney guy is the, is okay, the villain. close for a long time. This is the guy who's the villain who's made all this happen. He's like the evil mastermind. <laughs> the Imagineers are not uh, are not gods. <laughs> They're all he's, flawed. He's flawed building men. he's building sex bots. Come on, let's not glorify him. <laughs> Poor Mister Lincoln. <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna give this movie a nine. I really loved it. That is high praise. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ready to shoot quite that high. Uh, I, I think I will probably go with a straight eight. I think, I think it's a really good movie. It's, it's a little rough around the edges in places. Um, uh, it could definitely do with a HD remaster because even on Amazon Prime it was still an SD. So. Yeah, the the last like 10 minute scene when she's in the dark 
mm. the dark house was pretty rough because when i went looking for it uh, uh, uh i mean i know that i really buy discs for like doing reviews i usually just obviously rent or stream stuff but um i did notice that there was no like blu-ray like there was no hd version of it from what i could tell uh so it could use a, a cleanup <laughs> um i agree but, release uh, it release the high def cut <laughs> well what's the director's name so we could really make that joke properly forbes brian forbes Br- brian forbes release the forbes cut he's the fourth cut <laughs> he definitely would have wanted this movie to be seen in hd yes. what is he known for i don't know oh he's known for uh for war movies guns of navarone oh oh wait no he's an actor in that never mind oh okay uh he directed 20 films he directed the naked face uh he directed international velvet the raging moon the whispers the wrong i've never heard of any of these <laughs> Mm. no this me pro- either this is probably his most famous uh, directed film so if you're a fan of like old school sci-fi um but not so old school that you're in kind of the the, the glitzy glamorous hollywood phase you're in the the more it's gritty we're going to tackle real subjects phase um then king Stepper rat Waves... i've seen actually he did king rat yeah and Stepper waves is probably a worth well worth watching um it's on tubi uh, for free in the us if you want to check it out that way so on amazon prime in the uk um i'm sure there's probably other ways you can get hold of it as well but so we're off to a decent start and to be fair the last 70s month i felt was we had like a lot of sevens seven yeah. and a half I, and i expect kind of a similar thing but i mean if seven is the baseline then that's a pretty good month i'd say demon seed is the baseline have, have you have you seen what some of the scores me and tim give out on streams on our average month <laughs> do you guys do a lot of 70s movies <laughs> uh not too many i think we're going to do a 70s month at some point uh just so we can do some 70s movies because I, I, I want to try some more but i i literally gave a movie a one out of ten today when we recorded streams after midnight <laughs> yeah haven't done that for this yet oh we'll get there <laughs> there's a couple of potential candidates <laughs> uh the film today uh, for the record was directed by uva bull so i mean i wasn't expecting much but I don't know why you guys if put I, yourself through that. If I, if you want to talk about the opposite of this film, like in terms of the feminism, holy shit! Okay, so um, that is uh, that is a step for waves. If you made it this far in the review to the end, put the words. Actually, no, no, Tara, let's let's stick to the theme. You pick the words. <laughs> uh, put the word. I have it. Sorry, my kitty cat. Um, archaic. Arca- Why archaic? Because that was the point of the film that the the Stepford Wives didn't know what the word archaic meant, and then when Bobby became a robot, she didn't know what archaic one meant because it wasn't one of the words listed in the dictionary that they had to read from. Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Good. That's, that's a deep cut as well. Deep cut. Um, <laughs> I thought it was pretty major point in the film but that's all right <laughs> we didn't talk about it is what i mean so it wasn't we did not, no. <laughs> yes uh, yes that's actually an interesting point that they were intentionally omitting certain words from the, the, the library of words it's like you can mm-hmm. only say approved sentences um interestingly the words king stallion and like <laughs> <laughs> keep screwing me they're all in there they're all in the in the list all right Tara is going to pose for the uh the, the thumbnail which yeah gus beat it <laughs> sorry kitty cat you can't beat it yes um all right so here we go you're good all right three yeah, gus is coming back three two one pause <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> dead eye robots there does, it, does that mean i should look really happy <laughs> We don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. <laughs> I've achieved. I've achieved robotics. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, there you go. That's the step for waves. Uh, please do uh, like the video on YouTube. It's a big help. It's the free way to support us. You can, of course, uh, you know, help us hit the YouTube algorithm and more people will find us and it's all very good and all that. And obviously comment in the comments uh, what you think of the film, if you've seen it, uh, and about the themes and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, so please do that. Uh, you can, of course, get us on patreon.com slash TV as Tara so eloquently 
I told you about earlier on the show. Um, you can get us on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast. Um, Tara, why don't you let the people know about some of the content that they might enjoy? Uh, well, um, good news for people who enjoy watching us tackle shows because we started recently Babylon Five on the already cancelled feed. So please check out uh, Babylon Five if you are Babylon Five curious. Uh, you can watch along with us. We've only just started, or if you are a fan already, then the reviews are for you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> all right there you go um so that is the show that has been the episode that has been the step for wife so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi movies and computer at salsa archaic